Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. Yo, it's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips. It's the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. It's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships you win with that fantasy freestyle. what it is rocks and speeds back in a place to be with the fantasy freestyle here on the fantasy sports radio network we're gonna go into week eight and give you everything you need to win your league and win that cash say what's up to the people rocks yo what's up nice people out there i cannot believe that it is already week eight i've always said that the NFL season operates on a different space-time continuum than oh, like any Marty other. Yeah, young Marty McFly. Uh, what, what I gotta say though is that we're already getting pretty far on into the season. We're gonna break sure. down actually an interesting question we got along those lines sure. in the mailbag. But Arian Foster decided earlier this week to call it quits, and what a career it was. It's true. It's true. We at Fantasy Freestyle Rocks and Speeds, we want to tip our cap to Arian Foster. Let me tell you something. Over the course of a three-year stretch. He, like, averaged scoring 14 touchdowns a year. Um, I'm reminded of his year, literally, in 2010, when he had over 1,600 rushing yards with 16 touchdowns and 66 grabs for 604 yards and another two touchdowns. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, and as as you said, Speeds, he really had that dominant three-year run. He kind of fell off after that, but he won a lot of people leagues as a surefire early RB those years. You know, what I remember most about him was his incredible vision and patience in that zone blocking one cut scheme. He Mm -hmm. always seemed like he was falling forward. He had a nose for the goal line. He was a great receiver out of the backfield. This was a true workhorse who was an absolute pleasure to watch when you owned him. His actual career career PPR production per game is 19 points over 80 games. That'll win you some weeks. That'll win you some weeks. But Joe Speeds, the lifespan of an NFL running back. Yeah, yeah. He was always, always injured. Also, one of my memories of Aaron Foster I want to get into is, you know, I used to call him Mr. Glass. I remember one time he actually tweeted his own MRI out, which had like, you know, um, what he called, quote unquote, anti-awesomeness, which is all the fluid buildup in his knee, letting the opposing teams actually see his MRI. That's the kind of world we are in. Yo, true story. Me and Speeds were together uh, upstate New York for the Traverse Stakes Saratoga Springs while that was happening. Absolutely, yo. Rocks and speeds. We hold you down all sorts of sports. We gave you that fantasy baseball early in the year. We're talking about the ponies and now fantasy football. One of the things we do, though, we don't always have the same opinion on things. And when that happens on the fantasy freestyle, we make our gentlemen's bets. So we got to talk about it because last week we had a gentleman's bet about Terrence West going against those New York Jets and that stout run defense. We had the over-under on 90 and or 95. It did not matter because Terrence West only ran for 10 yards against the Jets. I guess that's one in my column, huh, Rob? Yeah, man, you know, uh, I thought Terrence West was going to be able to to wear down that defense in a bend but not break. He didn't really make them even bend. Uh, Terrible effort from Terrence. He did have a 49-yard run called back by a holding call, but even that wouldn't have got him there. That one is firmly in the speeds column as the Baltimore offense is stuck in neutral right now. No doubt, so we will see what happens as we dig into week eight where we disagree and if you want to ride with speeds or if you want to ride with rocks as we make our gentlemen's bets you know later on in the show we'll go uh game by game try to get it to as many games as we can and as usual we will end the show with our game flow geniuses our diamonds in the rough and our foogazies forget Yo, about them. check this out we also want to answer another question we got from the mailbag to start us off on the fantasy freestyle we have mike from california he's asking us a pretty California question with some people out there on the West. He's in a um, a 12-team PPR league, okay? And he drafted Todd Gurley 
in the first round, and he's a little bit worried about Gurley. Obviously, he has the bye this week, but wondering if he should start to flip him because it hasn't really gotten going, and he thinks he can get Michael Crabtree in response, who is kind of rocks on the other end of the spectrum, you know? Overperforming. Somewhat overperforming, but we are, like you said, already in week eight. So what is more important at this time? You know, the, the ability to bounce back and be elite, uh, a la Todd Gurley, what you paid for, or to kind of trust what you're seeing with your eyes in the first seven weeks of the season. Would you take the Crabtree or the Gurley side of this trade? That's what Mike from Cali wants to know. You know, Speeds, and this is a real tough decision because obviously Gurley is a guy that is, he remains incredibly talented. The problem is not him. He didn't suddenly forget how to be a running back in this NFL league. The problem is the offensive line, the offensive scheme, and really just the situation the team is in. Crabtree on the other end. But now at this point, though, with Gurley, now that's the situation they're yeah, in. Exactly. And now you see and, that and, they're not going to be able and, to move and, the ball. And what I'll say to you is that it's one of the hardest things to do is to sell low mm-hmm. on your first round pick. Pennies on but the dollar. But let's not get it twisted. There's a big difference in making this trade now in week eight when you know what your team needs with him on a buy when you're probably having to fill in for him anyway than making this trade in week one. I think you've really got to do it, but you do it very, very begrudgingly. And if you're a pessimist, you know, you're assuming Gurley's going to blow up right away. But what I do know is Michael Crabtree will outscore Todd Gurley in this week. And if you're on the cusp right now, where you're even thinking about trading a guy like Gurley, you need all the points you can get. I'm in team Crabtree for this one. No doubt. I tend to agree with you, Rox. You know how you like to always say when you start chasing the points, that's when the points Points start running. I think this is kind of the inverse of that. At some point, you have to stop hoping for the nostalgia and waxing poetic about what could have been. And that's the case with these guys like Todd Gurley and also some wide receivers out there like a DeAndre Hopkins or maybe even an Odell Beckham or a Dez Bryant. You know, I think this is the time of year where you have to kind of recalculate and understand what is actually happening, you know, and and, and guys that are having good years, like there is reason to believe that will continue. We have crossed that point. Exactly. So I agree. Exactly. I make this deal. You know, you're no longer connect. You're no longer collecting names. You're no longer collecting guys that could have done it. You know, guys that you would have you would have said who you drafted, and people have been like, "How'd you get all them on your team?" That is done. Right now, you're just looking for production. You shouldn't care where it comes from or where they were drafted. Word to speeds. The time for caring about that is over. That's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We give you everything you need. Who to sit? Who to start? Who to fade? Who to diamonds? Who the fugazis. We're going to get into that. But, yo, Rocks, one thing I'm, I, I do got to get off my chest. You know, you talked about at this point in the season, you, you kind of know uh, who they are. They are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I think we know who Brock Osweiler is. We have seen now, now for a, a few games, he has been on uh, a different page with DeAndre Hopkins. He has not been able to make the throws that he needs to. And that Houston offense, who many people thought would take a step forward, even getting Lamar Miller, getting these young wideouts that they drafted, they are 31st in the NFL in total scoring. And a lot of it is because of their $72 million noose around their franchise, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's pretty interesting because and it's one of the things that me and you talked about. I believe it was John Gruden pointed it out on the broadcast last week. Like the Texans uh, ownership, the Texans GM, the Texans coach never actually even met my man. Which is crazy. In person. Which Yo, is crazy. I work for like a regular, normal white collar job. Like you can't get hired unless you meet like nine people in person. You got to submit all sorts of writing samples. You're telling me they didn't even meet Make Brock Osweiler look someone in the eye and say, I can be a starting quarterback in this league? That's the thing with the craziness of free agency, right? There's such a mad rush when you hit midnight on that first day that they thought they had to strike when the iron was hot and had to do it or else they would have had uh, no opportunity to get a quarterback when the game of musical chairs stopped. But as we know now, um, maybe you do need to, in fact, uh, you know, look at 
at the person and talk strategy, talk scheme and, with them, and you know. Because when you don't, sometimes when you think the iron is hot, really it's just a dumpster that's on fire that you happen to not be able to smell from all the way in Texas from Denver where he got benched for Peyton Manning who could barely even throw the ball 15 yards. It was duck season and Osweiler couldn't even take the job from him. And that should have been a warning sign instead. They're on the hook right now and it just doesn't look very good. And as you said, it's holding the entire offense down. One thing I will say, the line play has been pretty bad, but speaking of line, the Detroit Lion defense, who Houston is playing this week, is basically been a remedy for bad quarterbacks. And to Osweiler's credit, he's been all right in his matchups versus teams that couldn't really do anything, and Detroit does fall into that category. Osweiler does, in fact, have dramatic home road splits, and they are at home against the Detroit Lions. You talked about that Detroit Lions defense. You know I like that offense with Jim Bob Cooter. On the defensive side of things, it makes me uh, bring up another topic I want to talk about here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network. The Detroit Lions traded this week their starting strong side linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, to the New England Patriots. The Patriots accumulating assets also. But the interesting part to me is this is the time of year where um, if you do see trades in the NFL, it's going to happen. And um, there have been rumors, Rocks, about a trade where Torrey Smith would go from the San Francisco 49ers to help out the Philadelphia Eagles with Nelson Aguilar going back in return. The chip guy. The chip Kelly guy. He reached for him in the first round when he was in Philadelphia. That was a reach. Now, you know, Aguilar um, going to school out west maybe could go back out west. Chip Kelly could get his guy. Torrey Smith. He's still only at age 27. Oh, to be 27. You can't teach that. Still to be able to take the top off the defense and uh, rookie quarterback Carson Wentz in the last couple of weeks has shown that maybe he could use another weapon out there like that. Guys like Jordan Matthews, Zach Ertz, They're Nelson not getting Aguilar. it done. Yeah, know. what do you think about something like that? You think uh, you think we might see a deal like that happen in the next week? You know, it, it's always it's always interesting because obviously San Francisco is not going anywhere right. this year. However, you know, Philadelphia has been, they've shown a lot more promise than a lot of people thought they would. They've cooled down a little bit, but that defense is looking really, really strong. I wouldn't be totally shocked if it happened, but I don't think that it will. It's so hard to pick up an offense on the fly. No Torrey Smith route tree pun. Uh, but I really I really don't see it happening. I mean, I do think Torrey Smith has got to get the hell out of San Francisco. They're not throwing him the ball. There was, you know, Kaepernick's been looking for him a little bit more, but not to the point where he's being used effectively at all. And I really think that, you know, the same with Aguilar. He's not, he's not played up to his potential, but it's just so rare in the NFL. If this was Major League Baseball, a trade like that gets done, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday because that's when they play, but I don't see it happening this year. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, rocks and Speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, we're going to stop talking about the hypothetical things that could happen. When we come back, we're going to go game by game and talk about all the stuff that will take place in Week 8. Yo, it's like Rock said that Marty McFly, we're going to go in the time machine, let you know what happened so you can come on back, win your league, and win that cash. Rocks and Speeds, Fantasy Freestyle. Yeah, man, stay tuned for our correspondent live from the UK breaking down that early Sunday game. No doubt. We'll be right back. Holla! I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. I cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. 
Yeah, yo, we back, we back. This is Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got Speeds, the spitting statistician. You got rocks in the place to be. Yo, check it out. I would be remiss if I didn't also say you can catch Speeds, the spitting statistician on Shot Callers on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can get all of this incredible programming on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can get it for free. All you got to do is subscribe on iTunes. You can catch us on Audio Boom, on Stitcher, on Google Play. And you can also get that Fantasy Sports Radio Network app to anywhere you go, everywhere you are. You can wind up getting that fantasy content to win your league and win that cash. What we're about to do is we're going to go into week eight, dive into some games, our spotlight games, and tell you what to look for. The first one is once again, we start top of the morning to you. We go London, where the Washington football team will travel to London to on the pitch take on the Cincinnati Bengals. And we are now joined by our London fantasy freestyle correspondent, Jameson Newcastle. How you doing so far? Right, 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 right. Well, 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 thank you, my good, my good friend, my old chap. You know, and uh, you know, this is one of the footy games that, that the US is going to be playing on our on our pitch, as you said. And you know, a lot of things that is important is the injuries in your footy. And I got it on good info from a bird who works for British Airlines that both Jordan Reed and Josh Norman have actually been traveling. Making the trip. The team, right, right, right. You know, no word on you know how the service was on the flight, but I do think that that bodes poorly for your man AJ Green, the football and catcher. You know, no disrespect intended. And you know, one thing I'll say, the Andy Dalton, you just don't call them gingers. That's, we no, call no, no. them gingers. Yeah, here. yeah. He's okay. the red rifle. We like the red rifle. One thing I want to ask you, Jamison Newcastle, is you talked about some injuries. We're getting, uh, we got word later on in the week that Matt Jones is also struggling with a knee injury. What do we think is going to wind up happening in the Washington backfield this game in London? Well, you know, I mean, it's it's the next man up league. You know, it, it's kind of like the Brexit, you know, next man up, you know, whatever, you know, and, and a lot of times, like maybe in the U.S., you've got immigrants to do these jobs, don't you? You know, I, right. don't, I don't know. We make Chris, them build the wall. We make them pay for the wall. I don't know where Chris Thompson is from, but I do think that Chris Thompson is a man for the job. You know, the other footballing man, you know, I just don't think he has the versatility. That's right. We're not talking about Wayne Rooney. We're talking about Chris Thompson as Jameson. Jameson. Newcastle, my Jameson Newcastle. How could I ever forget Jameson Newcastle giving you his take on that London game? Thanks for in, the points. In week eight. No problem, yo. Jameson Newcastle is going to go back, have another pint. We're going to now bring Rox back in as we move to this next game. You know you want to hear Rox's take when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. They draw a tough matchup with the Legion of Boom. You have here the number two offense in the Saints who get 421 yards a game against the number one defense in the National Football League. The uh, Seahawks only giving up 14 points a game. Now, Rox, we know you're a big Saints fan. What are you looking at in this game? You know, one of the main things that obviously needs to be mentioned every time the Saints play is whether they're home or whether they're on the road. I will say this, though. Last week against the Kansas City Chiefs in vaunted Arrowhead, Drew Brees kind of put it on me. He went 37 for 48 with three 367 yards on grass outside of the dome. And three touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. No, Brees looked good in that one. I expect him to look good in this one, too. They're going to be in the dome. Seattle's defense, obviously, on paper, is a scary matchup. This is actually, they're coming into a game where the first time in a really, really long time, they've given up back-to-back 300-yard passing games. You know, so it's been, they've, they've been great in scoring defense. However, they've allowed points to fantasy position players, and I really think Breeze is going to do really, really well against them. He's actually thrown for three touchdowns in the Dome. It's nine straight games, man. Like, that is, uh, that, that's just sort of consistency that you don't get for a high-end quarterback, and even against Seattle, I really love Breeze this week. The wide receivers, tough to trust. It's really hard to know. Breeze is kind of someone who goes where, where the coverage takes him. Seattle's obviously going to have good coverage. It's really hard to trust any of the wideouts, but I love Fleener in this one as a sneakier play. He's been the tight end to the last two home games that the Saints have played. No doubt. What's another thing I'd like to add on this point, I also like the Saints in this game. I like them as home underdogs getting two and a half points. The point I do want to make, though, is um, you hear about me all the time, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. I talk about that West Coast team 
coming east for the one o'clock start. That is in play. What makes this even more crazy is the Seattle Seahawks just finished a five quarter game that was very physical against their division rival. I think they're already a little bit spent then having to do that west to east coast trip. You know, the one thing I will say, though, Rox, I don't know about Mark Ingram. I think that, um, you know, he's going to keep on getting these same kind of lines, 16 carries for 62 yards last week. That's where he's been. So I think um, that might be someone you may want to start to look away from. On the Seattle side of things, you know, Russell Wilson just does not look right. Russell Wilson does not look right. He does not look dynamic. He's not scrambling. Um, But the point I want to make, what do you think, Rox, about the return of the Reverend Jimmy Graham? Do you think this sets up good for the Reverend? Does the NFL do comeback player of the year? They do, right? Eric Berry got it last year. I think Jimmy Graham is a clear-cut favorite for comeback player of the year this year. He's looked like his old self. I really think he's going to hear cheers before the game starts from that Saints faithful. I really like him in this game. What I will say is this is a rare opportunity uh, for Russell Wilson owners to see a clear, high ceiling for him. The running has just completely gone away. He has 33 rushing yards all season. He averaged between 30 and 53 rushing yards a game every season up until this year. He shouldn't have any problems carving up the Saints this this week. He's completely an elite start. However, I do not really like him anymore as a high top-tier upside play week in and week out, and it's got to be really disappointing to owners, and he's maybe another one of those guys you think about flipping for some future prospects if you've got him on your team that's not going to make the playoffs. For sure, for sure. We keep it moving, go to another game. Interestingly enough, the Arizona Cardinals are in the exact same situation, coming off a physical game with their division rival that they played 75 minutes. They then travel to the East Coast for a 1 o'clock start against another quality, or at least we think quality, NFC team in the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers also coming off their bye. It's kind of desperation time for the Panthers. Huh, Rocks? Do you think they get right here? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's incredible. Like, no, this would have been a game that people circled going into the season. There's a rematch of the NFC Championship game. To see these teams really in the place that they are is completely astounding. Arizona so easily, I mean, word to miss field goals, could have lost that game last week. I do think, though, that they're in a little bit of a better situation this week rather than uh, the Carolina team. You know, I, I think that at some point, Carson Palmer is going to get right. I don't think he's going to get right, though, missing the Brown brothers, as we talked about, you know, as we're going to talk about. Uh, I, I also don't think necessarily that Carolina can stop David Johnson. I do think that you're going to see this being the David Johnson show with some dump offs to Fitzy. Fitzy working in the middle of the field. On the Carolina side of the ball, I'm fading Kelvin Benjamin hard. Arizona has locked up opposing offensive players this whole year. I don't see any reason why Carolina, even coming out of a bye, is going to be able to get this right. I also don't think that you can possibly trust Jonathan Stewart this week. You know, Arizona is allowing nothing at all to the running back position. One thing I'd say, and I ask you this, Speeds, we just talked about Russell Wilson and his inability to really make it happen on the ground this year because of his injury. Cam, of course, was famously concussed uh, this year once official, once maybe didn't go through the protocol. Once, but tried about three times. He's saying that he's going to continue running the ball between the tackles. You know, one, one place the Arizona defense is susceptible is to those rushing quarterbacks. Tyrod got them. You know, that could be the difference from a fantasy perspective between him having a QB1 middle of the pack week and really being on that borderline. Is he going to keep running or are they going to put a stop to that? That's a franchise guy there. Um, at every turn, Carolina has made it known that they are going to be who they are. They are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Cam Newton will continue to run. Cam Newton will continue to be the goal line back for the Carolina Panthers. Jonathan Stewart also returning from injury. Obviously, you also have uh, Greg Olson as a locked and loaded tight end one. We got to want to go to another big one o'clock game. The New England Patriots, you don't get to say this much. The Patriots need to get revenge for their only loss of the season um, against the Buffalo. They go up to Buffalo where Rex Ryan is going to be talking, but the Bills are home four and a half point underdogs. At least that's the start. It's probably gone up at a couple of points. I've seen it as up as high as five and a half or six. 
Um, in this game, the first thing I want to talk about is shame on the Buffalo Bills. Shame on Rex Ryan. You have LaShawn McCoy, who was battling a hamstring injury with a history of hamstring injuries. Remember early last year when they rushed LaShawn McCoy back and he re-aggravated it. You know, Carlos Williams was there, that sort of thing. Last year, then last week against Miami, they decide to like push him to kind of play. Eight carries and 11 yards re-aggravates it. They are now still saying he's 50-50 to play again. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me 17 times. Shame on Rex. This is ridiculous. And I am telling you, someone, you, you, we need to fire Rex Ryan. This is he, is, he is injuring players. The NFL does not care about player safety. That being said, with no McCoy, no Sammy Watkins, no Robert Woods, Charles Clay even questionable. One thing I know about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, they like to take away the number one thing. In this game, that number one thing has to be the improvisation and running of Tyrod Taylor. Gonna what they're going to do is force him to stay in the pocket and beat him with their his arm when he only has wideouts like Greg Salas and Marquise Goodwin at his disposal. That will not happen. The angry Brady Gronk U-Tour 2016 continues. Look for them to run up the score in this one. Fade all of the bills. Yeah, man. Uh, revenge is best served cold. Speeds, revenge is best served cold. How's the weather looking in Buffalo for this weekend? We're starting to see that wind chill factor. You might see some flurries this weekend. I completely agree with Speeds. It's not often. Actually, it's the first time in 11 years, I believe, during the Belichick era that you saw the New England team get shut out. You can expect the angry Brady, the foot on the gas, and the other foot on the neck of that Buffalo Bills team. I've said it for the last two weeks in a row. I'm going to say it one more time. If it don't pop, I'm going to be quiet on this. It has to be the week that Edelman finally turns it around for the Patriots wide receiver core. He's really been the only main pass catcher that hasn't yet displayed a high, high ceiling with Brady back at the helm. He's averaged nine targets a game. He hasn't really done much with them. I think he is overdue and is going to have a blow-up game. If not, if not, he's a wide receiver three the best of the rest of the way. Basically a lower-end option. The Bills are the only team in the league to not allow multiple touchdown passes in a game. I think that changes in this one. Gronk has 68 career touchdowns. Gronk told you this week what number comes after 68. I think you're going to see that happen in this game as the Pats stomp them. Stay away from the Buffalo players. Start your Patriots this week. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, if you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you know that two or three weeks ago, as a mailbag question, I told you it was okay to move on from Julian Edelman. It seems like Rocks is hanging on a little bit longer. I want to go to one game and, you know, this is an interesting week. We have six teams on the bye. There are only two games in the four o'clock window. One of them is the Green Bay Packers traveling to the Georgia Dome to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are two and a half point favorites at home. Um, we are going to later on talk a little bit about one of our fugazis that comes from this game, but truth be told, the thing I have to mention here is that I think Green Bay is renovating their offense. Without Eddie Lacy, without James Starks, you know, they now have Ty Montgomery. Check your settings to see where he is listed. Number one rule of the fantasy freestyle, know your settings, but I think this is becoming a dink and dunk team, and a team that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to use the short passing game as the extended running game. We'll see later on in the show what that means for the deep threat in Green Bay. How do you think about this game playing out on the Atlanta side of things, Rox? I mean, on the Atlanta side of things, you know, you see Tevin Coleman. He's definitely banged up. For Devonta Freeman, you know, he's basically a guy whose upside has been capped a bit by how effective Coleman has been. Him with another 8 to 12 touches, even against an elite Green Bay run defense, makes him an awesome play this week. Really, really like Devonta Freeman. Matt Ryan, 
Maddie Ice. Maddie Ice actually got the nickname playing baseball in high school. I found Is that, that out. True? I found that out today. Speed. Who knew? He got a, he got a couple of hits as a rookie against Malvern Prep. Okay. Look it up. This is a true story. Shout to us. We're going to give you the diamonds in the rough later, but this is rocks digging in the crates right now. Shout to the Jen Monsoor Fantasy League for having the conversation that made me bring that up. You know, I really think that he's showed a lot this year. He's also established consistency that's been elusive. You know, Green Bay has been much more susceptible on the ground than in the air. I like him to have a great game. And I think, again, Julio is going to keep putting his stamp on the league with a dominating performance against that Green Bay secondary you shouldn't be scared of. No doubt. Last game we want to get into, we want to look at that Sunday night football matchup, NFC East, where the Philadelphia Eagles riding high off knocking the Vikings out of the ranks of the undefeated, travel to Jerry World and take on, how about them Cowboys? The Cowboys are four and a half point home favorites. And yo, this is Zeke and Dak and that offensive line coming off a bye. I think, uh, especially with rumblings of Tony Romo practicing, I think Dak is going to look to have a good game on prime time. And do you remember the last time Zeke was on prime time? I think it was week two. He had his coming out party. He has not stopped. He now has 703 yards rushing and also was leading the NFL in carries as well going into their bye last week. I think uh, Zeke continues to eat in this one. Harats? Yeah, man. And, and it's really impressive, even at this early juncture of the season, when a running back can go into their bye week leading the league in rushing and exit the bye week still leading the league in rushing. That's the sort of special talent that Zeke is. I think a lot of the shine has come off Carson Wentz, whereas Dak Prescott is still looking like a diamond. I told you last week, I'll tell you again, if you're in the Dallas area, you better be Dakula for Halloween. It's a perfect costume to wear to the game. I sell it on my website, Dakula.com. But I think on the on the Philadelphia side of things, you know, and we'll talk about this uh, a, a bit more later, but where are the playmakers on that side of the ball? You know, we thought that you'd see Jordan Matthews. We thought Ertz coming back would really help this offense. I'm not seeing a ton of people making plays, and I'm just really not sure that Wentz is who we thought he was early on. As Parcells would say, maybe put away those anointing oils on him until otherwise notified. Absolutely. I feel the same way, and I've been saying it on Fantasy Freestyle and Shot Callers for the last couple of weeks. I think there's a couple of factors. One, they are getting more and more tape on Carson Wentz, and the other point that I have made repeatedly, I'm sorry if you didn't pay attention to me, and so you haven't seen why they're not scoring touchdowns. I told you, Pro Bowl left tackle Lane Johnson, the suspension was upheld. Since then, the Philadelphia defense has outscored the Philadelphia offense. I like Dallas to keep it rolling and grab a stranglehold of the NFC East. Check it out, Rocks. When we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to give the Fantasy Freestyle listeners here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network our flagship segments. We're going to give them our Game Flow Geniuses, our Diamonds in the Rough, and our Fugazis. Forget about them. Because when you listen to Rocks and when you listen to Speeds, you win your league and you win that cash. We'll be right back. Check us out. Y'all, this is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Rox, a.k.a. Young Fistful of Rings with the spitting statistician, you my man, Speeds. <laughs> We're here to break down our game flow geniuses. And you know what it is, but just a quick reminder, that's situations where we like guys a little bit more because we think the game script is going to be in their favor this week. And it's a shocker special for you because we've both got... Two situations here where we got guys who are playing in the same game. Very, very, very easy for you to keep track of. No doubt. I'm going to be talking about Matt Asiata. Okay. Matt okay. Asiata. So now he I know was, what game we're talking about. He, we're, yo, we're talking about that Minnesota-Chicago game. Monday Night Football. <laughs> you know what it is. Matt Asiata, he runs like a dad. I'm not a dad. I'm around his age. I wish I could run like that. But he's nothing special. However, McKinnon has given them absolutely nothing. He's banged up. He's in the boot. No Timberlands. Unclear whether or not he's going to play, but if he does, he's likely to be limited. 
And you know what? Jay Cutler is not going to be the answer for Chicago on the other side of the ball. I think you'll probably see Minnesota with an early lead that they're going to want to protect. Asiata has been getting all of the goal line work, and there's actually been 12 carries in the red zone for a Minnesota team since your boy Adrian Peterson went down. You know what? Asiata has also been catching passes, which is not something that's in his repertoire. I really, really think that he's a decent contrarian play on the fan duel for 5,600, and I like him as an RB2 if McKinnon is out, and a flex play if he's in there based solely on the touchdown upside and the work salting the game. No doubt, no doubt. I like that pick as well, Ross. You got to figure also Minnesota will be up in Chicago, and they're going to want to grind that game out on Monday Night Football using Asiata, you know, on, on the run for sure. On the other side of the ball and speeds, you know, you're, you're going to make all sorts of crazy faces when I say this, but I kind of like Alshon Jeffrey this Come week. on. Yo, I'm sensing a gentleman's bet here. Yeah, you know, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, much maligned by my man Speeds and, wow. the, and the rest of the mainstream fantasy community. But I'm here to tell you that very, very quietly, Alshon has 75 yards a game. And you know what? Only Mike Evans has a higher percentage of catches going for a first down among wideouts with more than 30 grabs. And I know that's not a fantasy stat, but to me, that means they're still looking to him when they need him. You've seen a parade of scrubs playing quarterback for Chicago, and maybe Cutler is not the answer, but it's one thing that he's always done. It's locked into his top target. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Minnesota is not the team to get right against, but we both agree that they're likely to be winning this game. I see Cutler locking onto him, making that deep, meaningful eye contact, throwing him the ball repeatedly. The issue with Alshon has been targets. I'm swinging for the fences here. I'm swinging for the fences. 6,800 on FanDuel. Watch, watch, watch Alshon make you that money in tournaments. Yeah, Rox is getting a little crazy with his game flow geniuses. First of all, let's bring it back to reality. Um, Even if it is Jay Cutler that is back under center for the Chicago Bears here in Week 8 on Monday Night Football, um, I have no reason to trust Jay Cutler. Nobody likes Jay Cutler smoking Jay. And if not, there's also no guarantee that he will finish the game healthy. And then we're back to Matt Barkley. The other thing, and it's almost like Rox is setting him up for me to knock him down. If you've been listening to the Fantasy Freestyle for the first few weeks of the season, or if you've been listening to the Fantasy Freestyle for years, you know that Speeds likes to pick a cornerback that is going to be shutting down receivers all season long. And this year, that just happens to be Minnesota Vikings cornerback Xavier Bumpy Rhodes. He has been locking down wide receiver ones all year long. Alshon Jeffrey will be no different. So, Rox, because you think he's such a value, um, what kind of production do you think Alshon Jeffrey is going to get? Because I'm here to tell you, he will have less than 75 yards receiving in this one. I think Alshon Jeffrey will have more than 75 yards receiving in this one. Yo, that's a gentleman's bet for week eight on a fantasy freestyle. I don't know why we haven't been doing it beforehand, but we'll be tweeting out our gentlemen's bets on Twitter beforehand. We'll put a poll up. We'll let the audience tell us what they think is going to happen. Yo, you could ch- catch us on Twitter, Fantasy Freestyle. Leave off the last E because we're making no errors, son. Yo, I'm going to give you a more sensible game flow, G- guy. <laughs> and this is also Rox. I'll make you know. remember that. I'll make you remember that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Rox let you know already that I was doubling up because, you know, it's a very popular daily fantasy strategy to double up. And uh, we be talking season long a lot on Fantasy Freestyle, but I want to give people an interesting DFS play. You know, Rox, who the 32nd and last passing defense is in the National Football League? I'm just so happy to say it's not the Saints. It's the Oakland Raiders. That's right. It's the Oakland Raiders. And they travel west to east second time in a row for a one o'clock game. You know, I always think that's a trap game. And uh, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I believe that Jameis Winston and Mike Evans is the game flow genius. And it's also my daily fantasy stack of the week. There have been games, two or three games this year, where Jameis Winston has attempted over 50 throws. Which is crazy because they don't want him doing that. That's the thing. The other 
other thing is Mike Evans has over 11 targets in each of his last five games, okay? I think if you take out the games that uh, Jameis played against great pass defense Denver and great pass defense Arizona, he has been lighting it up. And when they have the worst passing defense, I think you can get good value for both of them. Pay for them in DFS this week. I think Jameis will put up 300 yards and three touchdowns. And I think Mike Evans will get eight grabs and over 100 yards. Lock it up. Those are game flow geniuses for week eight. But check it out, Rocks. There is another flagship segment we got to give the fantasy freestyle listeners. All those people who subscribe to us on iTunes or check us out on the Audio Boom, on the Stitcher, on the Google Play, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. By now, they know we're giving them those diamonds in the rough and those fantasy fugazis. Forget about it for week eight. Forget uh, about them. But remember this name, Speeds. Remember this name, Devontae Booker. I remember okay. you and me talked about him a lot before the season started. Yep. We were breaking everything down for people getting them ready yep. for drafts. C.J. Anderson, obviously, he's banged up. You don't know when he's going to return. And now the name may seem obvious. But I hope people who are in keeper leagues, I hope people who are in dynasty leagues, listen to us when we spotlighted when we spotlighted those nuances in C.J. Anderson's contract yes. that basically made it a one-year deal. Yes. And I said that I thought they were going to ride him into the ground and yes. then have Booker take over next year. Well, riding him into the ground happened on Monday night when he's now going to miss some time because of that knee. Yeah, man. And it's just, yo, you got to be adaptable. The future is now. Booker is an insane value on FanDuel. 600 this week. He's in my lineup. I feel like I, I, I feel like they should be paying me. You know, it's just insane what he's been able to do when given a chance. He actually had nine yards rushing the game against this very same San Diego Chargers defense when they played a couple weeks ago. They haven't been able to stop anyone. They've particularly struggled with backs who are able to catch the ball out of the backfield. They haven't asked him to do that too much, but it's certainly something that is in his repertoire. He's been finishing runs. He's been putting his head down. He's been churning his legs. This is a guy I just envisioned John Gruden talking about next year as one of his Gruden grinders, but he can be yours for the low, low price of 5600 on FanDuel this week as one of my diamonds in the rough. Yo, check it out, Rox. I like that call a lot. Uh, Devontae Booker is in my DFS lineup this week. I also have been liking him ever since, you know, you know, he came out of Utah and is staying, staying in big sky country with the Broncos. I think the time is now. If you saw him in that Monday night football game, he also looked great. Really quick through finishing the hole, runs, finishing yeah. runs and, and able to handle himself out of the backfield. I like that call. Hey, Rocks, I went digging deep and I found the diamond as well. On FanDuel for only 4500 oh, at the wide receiver position. I recommend this week, guys, my diamond for week eight, J.J. Nelson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. This is an opportunity play on so many levels. Okay, you heard about John Brown with his sickle cell? Yo, man, Speeds, this is the second this time is the year this year we've cell. brought up sickle cell. This sickle is the year of the sickle cell. Sickle cell is a new Bursa sack. Listen, if you are still looking for a Halloween costume, you might want to go as a sickle cell. What does a sickle cell look like, man? Uh, you know, look it's it a regular. It's a regular cell that's Russian. Yeah. With the hammer. Look hammer in the left hand, sickle in the right hand. If he dies, he, he dies. dies. All right, um, check it out. But J.J. Nelson, I think, has an opportunity. John Brown is questionable. Michael Floyd now also questionable. And Jerron Brown tore his ACL. That means after Larry Fitzgerald, they're going to look for someone. They are also playing against the Carolina Panthers in that young secondary. That's not that last year's secondary. offense, okay? I think Carolina is going to want to come back and try to make a statement against this bad Carolina defense and try to get a little bit of revenge for the NFC Championship game. I like J.J. Nelson. I can see him being, you know, the thing is, Fitzy's also the underneath guy, the possession guy. This is going to be J.J. Nelson down in that Smokey Brown roll over the top. He's going to hit at least once. He's my diamond for week eight. And, yo, he had, in a game where no one moved the ball last week, he had the biggest gain of the week. He had a 40-yard catch. He's averaging 17 yards a grab this year. Last year, he averaged an eye-popping, yo, son, put your eyes back in, an eye-popping 27 yards a catch. Pop, pop. Carolina, you can get you can get them over the top. I love that call speech. The price is certainly right to take a shot on him as your wide receiver three. Who else you got for us? All right, I got another diamond for him. And this one, um, <clears throat> you know, he bounced back last week, but I'm looking at Matt Forte. I'm looking at Matt Forte this week against a horrible 
Cleveland Browns and the horrible Cleveland Browns defense. Here's the deal. My boy, boom, boom, bilal, pow, pow. Dealing with turf toe, ouch. Okay, hasn't hasn't really practiced much. And so I think Forte is gonna be in line once again for carries. Uh, he was used very heavily in the first few weeks of the season, then had a big dip. Last week though, against the Baltimore Ravens, 30 carries. Again, second time this year. For 100 yards. And here's the other thing, here's the subtext. That's why we give it to you as our flagship. We look, you gotta look a little deeper to spot the diamond. Here's why this is a diamond. I also believe that the Jets are going to try to, as much as possible, take the game out of Ryan Fitzpatrick's hands, okay? I'm going to come over to your side over here, Rox, and say that, you know, Fitzpatrick is not disciplined and all that stuff, and he turns the ball over a lot. But I think the Jets probably believe they can beat the Cleveland Browns without having to rely on Fitzpatrick or Brandon Marshall in the passing game. I think they're going to feed. They're going to feed Matt Forte and he's going to do big work and that's why he's my second diamond in the rough for week 8. Yo Speeds I'm on the same wavelength as you except in a totally different place. Okay what wavelength is that? I think the Cleveland defense is absolutely terrible. I also think though that the Jets pass defense may find themselves victimized a bit especially if McCown plays over the top and they may, they may need to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. Sure. I'm really liking Brandon Marshall. You like this Brandon one. Marshall. Yo, I like Brandon Marshall because he's only 7,400 on FanDuel. We talked a little bit earlier about guys with big names who are underperforming. Why and how you value them moving forward. And you don't know, you do know that Fitz is going to just completely lock in and force feed him, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, Quincy Inunua has... has Inunua. Inunua. Sorry. Yo, Get it right, Rob. It's so hard to enunciate so time, sometimes. <clears throat> it's hard to enunciate Inunua. Yes. Quincy while he's been surprisingly productive so far this year, is not really a threat to steal targets. One thing I would say about Marshall, despite all the struggles, he's been getting targets. He only has 30 catches on those 68 targets. That's not very good. That's on the quarterback, not him. He only has six catches for 110 yards, scoreless over the past two weeks. I like him to right those wrongs this week against a Cleveland defense that it's the only team in the league to allow multiple touchdowns in every game passing. They're allowing 8.3 yards of pass attempt. That's the most in the league. I don't like Fitzy. I actually strongly dislike Fitzy. Oh, listeners to Fantasy Freestyle know that already, Rock. But what I will say is, as you said, he'll lock in on Marshall. I think Marshall's going to have a big week and return a profit for 7,400 on FanDuel. You just simply don't see guys as talented as him playing against one of the worst passing Ds in the league for this cheap, and I think he's a great Great buy. Bye, bye, bye. All right, all right. I got to tell you, while uh, Rox is over there in-syncing with his bye, 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 I'm not that hot on that Brandon Marshall call. I think Marshall has uh, had some drops this season, even more than normal. And I am a little bit worried about Joe Hayden returning to form against the New York Jets. However, he's not my actual Fugazi for Week 8. For as we move to our fantasy Fugazis. That's a Fugazi? How do you know it's a Fugazi? looked at it for two seconds. But it's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. Forget about it. Mine is, however, a top flight wide receiver that I want to talk about. And the first I want to talk about, my Fugazi, T.Y. Hilton. I know someone that you really like usually rocks, but you know my man, Dante Moncrief. Creep in the cave. I believe Moncrief is coming back. Remember, we've had this debate before. I thought Moncrief was, in fact, the red zone guy that Andrew Luck liked most. I think that is going to start to play out, and I think it's going to be Moncrief or our boy Jack Doyle who get those red zone targets. Yo, I we, also think we killed him on Jack Doyle we last did week. Him with we Jack killed, Doyle. That, yo, that was the last time you and I actually agreed on something, and we said when Speeds and Rocks agree on a pick, that's how you win your league and win that cash. That was Jack Doyle for you last week. No doubt, and T.Y. Hilton had a great game last week with seven catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. Part of me thinks that this is also just a law of averages play. I know that um, the other thing is they're going up against Kansas City, and I like Marcus Peters as one of the yeah, better man. defensive backs. He likes to gamble, and I think he might be able to get one against Andrew Luck. I think you're going to see um, production going a little bit dispersed away from the monster that T.Y. 
Hilton has been in the last couple of weeks. I still think he's a nice play, but he's not going to return the value as one of the top receivers on FanDuel. So that's why he's an eight, a week eight Fugazi. Forget about him. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. Keeping with the theme that my man Speeds just created, I'm also going to go with a wide receiver one, perhaps mainly by name, who I don't think is going to get it done this week, and that's Jordy Nelson. He only has 27 catches so far through six weeks. He's only got five touchdowns, excuse me, through six games. He's only got five touchdowns. Five touchdowns are keeping his value alive. It's been really, really ridiculous the extent to which he's been a big play threat throughout his career. The Green Bay Packers have been big threat offenses during all the Aaron Rodgers years. They're really not doing that this year. They are not getting those 20-plus yard plays that normally gave Nelson the value that he's known for. He bottomed out last week with only one catch for nine yards, and now he's locking up with Desmond Trufant, who's really the only cornerback on Atlanta. He actually literally may be the only person in the secondary. I think they play seven in the box and just him back there, and he's going to be on Jordy. You know, I think it's going to be pretty ridiculous to say that Atlanta's defense is going to be able to shut down Green Bay's passing offense, but I do think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be forced to spread the ball around in this one. You're going to see Montgomery out of the backfield. You know, he's got the name, he's got the pedigree, but I would avoid him this week. 7,500 seems cheap, but it's a trap. It's a trap. He's Fugazi. No, avoid him. Forget about it. Yo, Speeds also says forget about it. Jordy Nelson was one of my Fugazis as well. Just to build on what Rock said, he only had four targets last week. And in fact, it was um, Devontae Adams with 16, Randall Cobb with 15, and Ty Montgomery got 13 targets. Like Rock said, this is their new offense that dink and dunk as their running backs, you know, start to fade. The other thing I'll say, like Rock's mentioned, is that, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers got 326 yards last week. He did that on 56 attempts. A lot of dink and dunk. Their new offense is this extended running game. So, uh, Rocks, who's your second and last Fugazi this week? My second and last Fugazi, and it's a game we talked about a little bit before that Minnesota-Chicago game, uh, Jordan Howard. He did not seize the job. Now he's facing that tough Vikings defense. Cutler with the turnover tendencies. I think they're going to be trailing in that game. You got Kadeem Carey rushing for more yards than he did for the last two weeks. You've got the potential for Jordan Howard to come back, which is not good for anything. I really, really don't like him. You know, it looked good a week ago or a week or two ago, but a lot of times it was all good just a week ago. He's a Fugazi this week. I think you got to totally avoid him and probably the time to sell high is now on those stats. I would not be wanting to hold on to him beyond this week in that muddled Chicago backfield. Forget about him, yo. Fugazi. That's what Rocks and Speeds do here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Thanks for listening, yo. We are going to be back next week to break down everything that happened in week eight and give you everything you need for week nine. There's going to be more buys, so all the more reason that uh, you need to listen to Rocks and Speeds to help you win your league and win, win that cash. We may even talk a little bit more about Marty McFly, Back to the Future, and those new Nikes that came out replicating Back to the Future. They're actually available, a hundred of them. Proceeds going to Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's Foundation. Yo, we want to tip our cap to that as well. Yo, Fantasy Freestyle, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get us on Audio Boom, Stitcher, Google Play, all those places. Places and you can catch rocks and speeds in the streets all the time, everywhere. Ha ha. Uh, playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.